Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris. Oh, and that's and it. That's it. Yes. <laughs> um, ha- happy birthday, Lee's dad. Shunt Senior. Shunt Senior. Lee is... Which is not, a, not an apt name for a man who drove a taxi for a living. <laughs> That's very true. No, and it, he wasn't the worst taxi driver on the island. I was never in, I was never in a crash in one of Jeff's taxis. No. Plus, Can't... he's been driving the same car for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, other taxi drivers are available, um, especially these days, because he's retired. And in the pub. And in the pub. So, yeah, if, if, you, see, if you see him driving around, don't get in his car tonight. Um, a little late, it's Wednesday, but um, it kind of works out fortuitously for us. We have Wednesday news. Yes, this yes, is very so controversial. let's go straight into that. Yeah, um, so it looks like the Porsche Red Bull thing is happening, and Porsche are going to be buying 50% of... At the moment, it looks like Red Bull technology, but that includes the racing team in with it as well. And this is all courtesy of the laws in Morocco. <laughs> that's, that's so random. Why Morocco? Um... Right, what had to happen was, um, for various business regulations, inside and outside the EU, um, the applications for proof that they're not turning it into a massive cartel had to be lodged with various governments. And um, the Moroccan government released it today that they've been notified that it's happening. Even though the official okay. the official announcement is due to come out on the fourth of August, which is Thursday next Thursday week. next Thursday. week, yeah. which Thursday news we can we can live with Thursday news. We'll be on holiday. That is a point. Um, hey, that, there's a thing. There'll be um, sun, late Sunday and Monday news that we'll miss on next week's pod because we're recording Sunday afternoon straight after the race. Oh yes, we are. Yeah, by the, by the time you hear next week's episode, two of us will be in Amsterdam and one of us that's on this show will be looking after the podcasts. Yes, that will be me. <laughs> so, any listeners in Amsterdam, give us a shout if you fancy going for a pint. You never know, stranger, <laughs> stranger things have happened. But, going back to the Porsche Red Bull thing, uh, yeah, Mor- the Moroccan government just sort of released the documents today. Um... And it mentioned a 50% buy-in of Red Bull technology. But serious journalistic sources understand, in other words, about it confirmed to them, but they're not allowed to say who buy, that um, it extends to the separate F1 team business as well, according to Autosport. For a 10-year deal. Mm. Um Which would, that would make the, that would make it not Red Bull Porsche, if I think, would that not make it Porsche Red Bull? I mean, there could, there could be title sponsors. I mean, it could be Porsche, Red Bull, Porsche. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be a bit <laughs> pointless. Or, but... it could, or they could be going back old school, because don't forget, when Porsche had an engine in the McLaren in the 80s, that engine tag. was actually TAG. Because I only found out today it was Mansour OJ, the boss of TAG and now McLaren shareholder, that actually yeah. paid Porsche to develop the engine. Well, there you okay. go. In return for the naming rights. So we could be seeing Porsche, McLaren... Would it be tagged, though, because of the McLaren connection? They'll have to find something else. Mm. Unless, it, unless it ends up as or- Oracle, Porsche, Red Bull. Well, no, it'd have to be Red Bull, Porsche, because that'd be the engine, wouldn't it? Porsche own yeah. other brands as well, don't they? They could, they could slap another label on it, I'm sure. Well, that's the thing. They're part of the VW group, but... 
um, one of their uh, one of their sister companies, Audi, is in the process of negotiating for seventy five percent of Sauber. Yes, that would be tricky. Yes, and they 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 were worried about it being a cartel. Yeah. Now, well, it has to be separate, doesn't it? That's the thing because mm-hmm. the, Audi and even though they even though they all come under the Volkswagen group. They have to run and enter separately under the rules of competition. Mm. There cannot be any cross referencing, um, which is strange because one of the, I think one of the uh, the head of Porsche is about to be the the, the four uh, the head of Porsche is about to go to Audi, so he's he's laid the foundations for this Formula One thing for Porsche. And now he's going to move to Audi. So yeah. Um, well, he's, he's, uh, the head the head of Porsche is um, about to take over the entire group. He'll be head of the whole Volkswagen Volkswagen Group. Mm, okay, it's uh, a gentleman by the name of Oliver Bloom. That's him. Yeah, that's yeah. a familiar name. Um, yeah, he was the one that was pushing for a Porsche entry in F one. Well, has been for the last even before the emissions. Oh, scandal. The last person I saw kicking off about a Porsche entry for F one was Gerhard Berger. I think he was just generally kicking <laughs> he off. Was just I, there. Yeah, I, you know, I think old old drunk man shouts at cloud. Um, yeah, pretty much. Let's <laughs> um, not say too much. Gerhard Berger was here during uh, TT Week, so as was Stefano Domenicali and some. They others. were all here. Yeah, they they had a photo Crown, shoot. Crown Prince of Bahrain was here. They did a photo shoot on Douglas Key. Giacomo um, Agostini was here. Yeah, about um, five minutes walk away from Three Legs Towers, and didn't even know about it. No, exactly. Yeah, none of <laughs> none of them offered to come in for a cuppa. Very disappointed. Very much so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have within the next couple of years, um, two of the teams run by the uh, by the Volkswagen Group. Now, where AlphaTauri fit into this is, it looks like Red Bull will still retain full control over them, but they'll just race with Porsche engines. Yeah. So they'll still be a sister team, but they won't be so involved with Porsche. They'll just be provided with the powertrains from Red Bull powertrains, which will be making Porsche engines? At the moment, they're making Honda engines, so... Yeah. Um, when is it, When is this supposed to be for? 2026 or before that? Uh, the engines will be 2026. So it's going to be Red Bull powertrains up until then, but I assume that Porsche will have some input into R&D, car design, and um, general team running. Which, of course, they'll do through Red Bull technology rather than Red Bull racing, and then it doesn't mess with the salary cap. Yes. And then if Red Bull decide to go into other series, and, oh, look, yeah, we, we designed... It wasn't developed for F1, so no, it doesn't we, count. <clears throat> we designed this for IndyCar or WEC. I mean, it could be that Red Bull partner up with Porsche on the um, upcoming hypercar that is inevitably going to happen. Now, didn't Adrian Newey design a hypercar for Aston Martin? That then uh, they decided not yes. to race. It looked amazing. They decided not to race it, but they, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 did they sell some of them as part of the homologation process? <laughs> yeah, I think they had to. What is it? Um, you got to have... Um, you got to have a hundred available for sale, something like that, yeah, for it to be classed as a like a production car. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, are they um, is he going to take the take bits of the design from that and stick a Porsche badge on it? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah it could be a, a, a two way thing, I suppose. Um, 
I mean, the, yeah, the, I wouldn't be surprised to see Adrian Newey sort of do something with Porsche, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, what what does this is this going to be like a if they're buying in fifty percent, you you very rarely get fifty percent of anything without giving up something, if you know what I mean. So Red Bull can't surely retain everything we know of. Um, what, what, what I'm trying to say, they can't retain like control of everything, if you know what I mean. So that they've got uh, the the full management structure uh, and run things the way they do. If they're going to sell half of that to somebody else, so I'm not saying Christian Horner's job is unsafe, but the rest of the team, do you see what I mean? Yeah, Porsche might want to do something with that. I mean, will they? You know, will they want to bring somebody in if they're buying the? Team, you know what, what's going to happen with the driver program? Is Marco still going to be in charge of that, or are they going to have somebody yeah. somebody overseeing him? Is it going to be a Porsche young driver program? They're going to, you know, rather than, um, you know, rather than anything, Red Bull involved. Porsche probably have their own sponsors in motorsport. I'm trying to think. The last time I saw a Porsche car racing, um, you know, an actual Porsche. Um, well, I think most most of the uh, most of the, well, I think all the Porsches that are racing in WEC are privateer amateur entries. So there's no one, no no actual, um, no actual manufacturer team, works team. There you go, works team. Works team. <laughs> that's that's the one. Yeah, because um, I think it, what is it, um, Corvette and Ferrari that are the only um, two works works GTE Pro teams now. Possibly, so I think there's two. Yeah, I think there's only about there's only about seven, eight cars in GTE Pro. So in the amateur class, um, I mean, Porsche have got a big connection with BWT and Mobil, who sponsor the Porsche Super Cup. Hmm. Um, oh God, what if that's the Porsche Young Driver program? Uh, no, no, that no. will not be a thing. No. Yeah, or uh, as we called it Sunday, old men hate old rich men hating polystyrene. Yes, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, I just want to... Don't worry about it, Tarquin. I've got shares in this polystyrene factory. <laughs> yeah, I just want to... Where is the comment from um, one of our... Um, we call them the stewards on the Discord channel. Um, he was watching the Porsche Super Cup. And oh dear, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> well, he works in the um, automotive composites industry. And he makes parts or body parts for the Super Cup cars. To be fair, so that's going to be quite busy. a lucrative. Uh, yeah, thing, so he it? loves he loves it because it keeps him in work. So I've just googled traditional Porsche racing colours, which are red, white, red, white, and black. Uh, well, no, you got the Martini Porsche, the Rothmans Porsche, uh, and the Golf. Porsche, the first things that have come up. So Rothmans obviously was a Williams uh, sponsorship during the nineties, and you can't have that now because cigarettes. Martini is was on the Williams, and uh, that's been <laughs> faded out because of uh, alcohol. And then the Golf livery, which McLaren recently made uh, a little bit of a comeback with in Monaco last year. So there doesn't appear to be any traditional. Porsche racing colours or anything like that. Silver, I think, is their, their big That's look. just German German racing yeah. silver. Yeah, so according... kind of why that's why Mercedes racing silver, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So according to 
an article from 2017. They had 17 official partners for their LMP team. Um, oh my god, so 17? 17, yes. Um, so they had uh, Chopin, which I think is watches. Uh, yes. Uh, Vodafone, Michelin, Mobile One, uh, Adidas, who are the uh, the team gear supplier. Interestingly, Red Bull, the official provider of energy drinks for the LMP team and its guests. Hey. Which uh, amuses me. Um, Scania. There's a, a few other randoms that I have no idea what they do. Um, someone who provides the furniture for Porsche's hospitality units. That's Walter Knoll. Really? That's an official Official partner. partner. Can I be an official partner of providing smelly farts to Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to get the um, official partnership for supplying pencil sharpeners to Adrian Newey. <laughs> yeah, the only one yeah. who actually designs by pencil. Yeah, yeah. yeah doesn't do um, doesn't do um, any of the computery stuff. So this this is going to be interesting. Now the story's out, and like I say, the, the official release comes out next week, and then we'll just be waiting for the uh, for the Audi one. Yeah, we so. Does it look like an Audi are partnering up with Sauber for definite, or because we weren't sure if it's going to be Sauber or Aston Martin? It looks um, like um, they are in negotiations for a seventy-five percent share of Sauber. So That's, yeah, that 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 would mean that, that, that a more than fifty percent. I'm I'm wary of things like this. It's kind of like you know when BMW, you know, got rid of them, I fucked over Salba. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a lot of Salba not in existence because BMW owned such a massive part of it. Mm. So it's up to Peter Peter Salba to rescue the team. I thought maybe they would have learned their lesson and not done that. They sold the naming rights to the team to Alfa Romeo. That's that's fair enough. But to sell seventy five percent of the team, that means they can't do anything unless Audi say so. Well, I mean, Peter Sauber doesn't own Sauber anymore because he stepped away from it. It was it was bought by a it was bought by an outside yeah. cons- consortium after the. Um... Yeah, but he rescued them again when BMW disappeared. Hmm. Yeah, Ericsson's friends bought them, didn't they? When yeah, what was it? When they stole Guido Vandergaard's seat. Long, Longbow, what was it? Longbow Capital. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, some rich friends of Marcus Ericsson's dad. <laughs> and hey, uh, IndyCar Series leader Marcus Ericsson. Yeah, I still can't get my head around that. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> IndyCar. Is, is, is it too soon to say neither can Joseph Newgarden? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Yes, I think it is too soon. <laughs> He's out of hospital, it's fine. <laughs> Does he remember why his, he went in? Is his head still in one piece? I think Does he, he think he's 14? He's, Has he's, he been electrocuted? He's fine, he's fine. He may not race this weekend, but he's fine. <laughs> Good. Um, as, as, we're doing, as we're doing newsy stuff, then, um, I mean, I guess there is some IndyCar news that kind of, kind of impacts a little bit on F1. Um, which is the um, Alex Palau situation, or Alex Palau situation. Well, one of the situations, the main one being, how do you pronounce his name? So when he was in F3, he was always Alex Palau. And then since he's turned up in IndyCar, he's been Palau. Right. I don't know whether that's an American thing. Is that just the Americanism? I think it might be that he turned up and no one in America had any idea who he was, because, I mean, he was fairly average when he was in F3. And they've just gone with that and it's stuck. I mean, the first yeah, three races of the last season, trying to trying to listen to um, a couple of the American summarizers, get, 
trying to get the tongue around Roman Grosjean. And 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 they call Bottas Botas in America, don't they? Yes. Yes. Two countries separated by a language. <laughs> um, so yeah, Alex Pillow is currently driving for the Chip Ganassi team, but McLaren have said that they are signing. They've signed him for next year and bringing him into their driver pool. Which of course, McLaren have got all these drivers, and nobody knows who's going to be driving what at the moment. But Danny Rick says he's definitely going to be with McLaren. And we know that Lando's going to be there for a long time. And we assume they're the F1 drivers, but for the future, they're looking at Alex Pillow, if he's allowed to sign, uh, Alexander Rossi making a comeback to Formula One, now he's learnt how to drive. Um, Felix Rosenquist, who is either going to drive an IndyCar, a Formula E, or clean the toilets. <laughs> Alexander Rossi never really got a fair shot in Formula One, did he? He did. Because he was in... He was in the two teams that were that have now disappeared from mm-hmm. Formula One because they were so far behind. Yeah, um, I mean, as it as it turned out, he went to IndyCar and he's not bad. Um, yeah, and top... he won the five hundred, didn't he, some years ago? And he's he's been pretty good since then. I think that was pretty much his first race as well. Yeah, he was the first rookie to win it for God knows how long. I think possibly since Jacques Villeneuve. I'm sure mm. somebody will correct us on this. But, um, so, McLaren are saying, we've signed him, and Chip Ganassi are now suing him. Well, no, before before McLaren announced that they signed him, Chip Ganassi announced that they'd signed him for next year, and he was like, hang on, wait, no, you've not. So that was all very yeah. confusing. And then Chip Ganassi put out a really passive-aggressive statement, which was, which was, I don't know who's in charge of their social media, but have a word. <laughs> And when when we say have a word, don't have a word with William Story. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's a whole shit show, isn't it? Yeah, Gunter Steiner says he's not surprised that that situation's happening with the bike team. <laughs> um, but has, yeah. he met, has he spoken on it, has he? Gunter Steiner? Um, he got asked about it at the weekend. Did he now? Yeah, and he said... Um, I mean, this, let, me, let me just find the quote, because it's... It's amazing. It's so this just for the, for non bike fans briefly. This is um, Rich Energy has been the title sponsor of a British superbike team, the team that has the current championship leader. I think that other rider is like fourth or fifth in the championship. And all of a sudden, Rich Energy announced that they were pulling their sponsorship. No one had any idea why, and it turns out their sponsorship isn't with that Rich Energy. It's with a UK distribution arm and the money's not coming directly from the William Story thing, but then William Story says it is and it's all one big argument. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's all gone wrong. I've just pulled up a list. Uh, how many rookies uh, have won the Indianapolis 500? I'm not going to lie. I don't know most of the uh, <laughs> n- n- non-modern era, but if we go modern era, as in post-war, uh, <laughs> Graham Hill yeah. Juan Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah. Yeah. Helio Castroneves. Yes. What they had ca- and, they had cars when he was young enough to be a rookie. To, he he won it in 2001 as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Montoya won it in 2000. And Alexander Rossi. They are the only post Second World War drivers to who are rookies rookie winners of the Indy 500. Oh, in that case, I was wrong about Jacques Villeneuve. Don't pull me up on that. We have corrected <laughs> ourselves. Anyway, yes, the Gunter Steiner quote. When he was asked at Paul Ricard last week by Autosport if he'd been following the latest story involving Rich Energy, his reply was, "I read it because I saw it." 
fair. You know what? Gunter was on. The, he was the he was the pit wall man, wasn't he? He on, was. Um, it was so refreshing. Sky. It was so good not to have Christian Horner. Christian Me- I- Christian Media Horner to give him his full name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, or uh, win- or Winger Spice. I I kind of hope Gunter. I can and I can kind of see him doing this. I think we might see it on Drive to Survive. Uh, I can I can I can see Gunter now being like. There's absolutely no way I'm having Christian Horner on this on this pit wall again. Just like somebody give me a fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> might as well might as well do the sort of rest of the newsy bits before we talk about the um, talk about the Grand Prix. Couple, um, couple of shout outs first that we have to do. Um, a very happy birthday to. Um, do we call her Mrs. Flood? The future Mrs. Flood. You can if you wish. Yes. <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Well, I mean, she's on Instagram. She's got Mrs. Flood in her, in her Instagram handle, hasn't she? Um, yes, but she yeah, happy, happy birthday to the future Mrs. Flood. And also the traditional happy birthday shout out to Jem, who um, started listening to this when uh, she was still at school and she's just graduated from college. So she's been stuck with us for ages. God knows Long time listener. Definite long time listener. And frequent frequent tweetist. And also big congratulations to uh, Dan and the soon to be no longer Mrs. Dan to be, because they're getting married this weekend. She'll be actual Mrs. Dan. She will actually be Mrs. Dan. She will. Yeah, are you are you going to the wedding this weekend? Chris? That was aimed at you, oh, not the listeners. Ah. Are you there? Oh, so you disappeared for a second there. Oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. You disappeared for a second, mm. but um, y- yes, potentially in the evening. I want to be there, but I am working on Saturday, and it actually does depend on how Saturday goes as to whether or not I make it. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't stopped like for weeks now, and I've got no 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 space of of stopping at any point. Anyway, that's my life. My life is boring. We're talking Formula One. Yeah, uh, just one, just one more shout out as well. Um, good luck to Mike McPherson with his new podcast project, which oh. as, which which as soon as he um, as soon as he's ready to release it, we will share the link for all the listeners. Again, Mike's been with us for years. Um, yeah, been, yeah. Been our roving reporter in the states. Um, Along with um, interviewed, interviewed virtual statman for us <laughs> yes. at the American Grand Prix one year. Yes. So um, once we get um, once Mike finishes um, finishes his first couple of episodes, we'll get a link out. Give him a listen. As I said, friend of, friend of the podcast, absolutely great guy, and definite whiskey connoisseur. <laughs> In fact, he yeah. I think didn't we call him our official whiskey correspondent at one point? I think we did. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. So our official whiskey correspondent has a new podcast. I don't know if it's about whiskey. I don't know what it's about. I was yet. about to say, what is the theme of the podcast? Do we know? I have absolutely no idea, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. It'll be um, it'll be a damn good listen. Good. Um, right. So other news. Going to watch NASCAR this weekend. Are you? Yeah. It's at the Indy Road Course, which was fun last year because the track kept falling apart and there was lots of crashes and corners getting torn up. But somebody else we know. Driving the number 26 car is the returning Danny Kvyat. Oh, yes. The Torpedo. Christ. <laughs> I mean, what could go wrong? It's NASCAR turning both directions Well, with Danny Roman Kvyat Ro- in the middle of it. Yeah, Roman Grosjean uh, has done all right at the Indy Road Course since he went to uh, since he went to America. So hopefully it'll be the same for Danny Kvyat. 
it's not going to be, but I mean, I can say hopefully so. Yeah, I mean, this this is the first of two XF1 drivers turning up in NASCAR over the um, next few weeks because Kimmy's doing the um, Road America race. Is he going to be number seven? Um, I think. I think he's num. I think the car is number nine or something. It's the. Uh, it's a team that's part sponsored by Pitbull. Oh God. Well, that sounds worldwide having Kimi Raikkonen driving for you. This is. <laughs> that's such a random, anyone? random pairing. Um, but yeah, Danny Kvyat doing NASCAR. That should be an interesting watch this weekend. He's either going to win or wipe out half the field. He's not just going to like come 12th or something. It's going to be all yeah. or nothing. So, yeah, that's um, that one's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And um, I think, you know, any, anyone that's on um, on our Discord will be on the uh, will be on the watch party chat during that. Just to uh, just to keep people updated, even cancelled this weekend's iRacing race just to watch Good it. Lord, the fact that it was the end of the season last week. Congratulations for another season win, Jeff. Um, and we're not starting again for another couple of weeks. Did I mention we were going on holiday? Yes. Not that we're excited or anything. Or I am. Um, right. Other other news. I'm sure we had something else to uh, something else to talk about, but. I'm damned if I can remember what. I think the other newsy item was going to be a race preview, which we can probably do. We'll do that after the race review, because we've got a French Grand Prix to talk about. Um, that was too long ago now. I can't remember what happened. Well, it was a French Grand Prix, so it's usually difficult. Um, possibly the last race at Paul Ricard for the foreseeable future. We, we we had one bad French Grand Prix, didn't we? Now everyone thinks the French Grand Prix is always bad, but I, last, last I, year's was okay. I feel like we had two that were a bit average, or the one that was really bad just felt that long that in my head it was two. Maybe <laughs> was was the one in, was the one in twenty eighteen? Yeah, that was the bad one. I think the really, really, I... really bad one. So, I think so. Anyway, so was there eighteen, nineteen? And, twen- and it was 21. There wasn't 20 a 20. skipped because of the coves. And yeah, so I feel like 18 and 19 both kind of turd. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, to be fair, I can't remember 2019. So yeah, you're probably right. I want to say Bottas piled into Vettel. And I think that might have been the main event. At turn one? Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. This is ringing the very vaguest of bells. Um, according to the race review I've got here, Vettel ran into the back of Bottas. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me for my wild slander yeah. of Bottas. And then Gasly, Gasly and Ocon both crashed. Oh, okay, France. Um, oh, how dare you get something wrong from three years ago. <laughs> Four years ago. Of course, the 2018 French Grand Prix weekend is notable for... Um, our Lord and Saviour Mahavir Raganathan in F2 getting enough penalty points in one weekend for a race ban. Fucking hell. <laughs> that is stunning. I think that was that was about the most entertaining thing that happened that weekend. That and we got to meet the big gorilla trophy for the first time. Oh, that is true. That is true. Which, yeah, that was that was lacking this weekend. Thank you, Lenovo. Any um, Anyway. Yeah, I don't mind that, but yeah, I'm not bothered about that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to, um, on to this year's race. Um, starting from the back, um, Haas... Yeah. Hmm. 
disappointing uh, given that they had two good races in a row. But yeah, Magnussen not finishing, Schumacher dancing around in circles and then finishing 15th. Yeah, I mean, potentially amazing qualifying because Mick would have qualified in... Um, he'd certainly got through to Q2 with the time that he did. Um, unfortunately, he dropped to the back and took a penalty. Mm-hmm. Or the time he was capable of. And um, K-Mag... Um, K-Mag had the engine penalty. Sorry, yeah, K- yeah K-Mag... Then, uh, Schumacher, Schumacher had a timer race, Sorry, Schumacher he? had his timer raise when yeah. he was in the top ten. And K- K-Mag, with an engine penalty, um, did get into Q3. Yes. So they definitely they definitely had some pace. It just just didn't work. No, it didn't materialise. Um, as I say, they had two really good races in a row, and this was not a continuation of that. Um, I'm fine. Haas right at the back again, having one DNF and one fifteenth. Mm. I mean, it was um, just to point out that um, it was Latifi that ran into K Max, so maybe you mistook him for a wall. Perhaps. But, Latifi also DNF'd, didn't he? Is it Williams next? Or no, it's not. It's Alfa Romeo, it's, is it next? Um, yeah, it's Alfa Romeo, uh, Bottas in 14th, and Joe in 16th. Again, bad weekend, yeah, bad weekend for him. Yeah, they did get both cars across the line, so maybe that's a little bit of a poor result to put Alfa Romeo second, because the next two teams didn't uh, get both cars across the line. But, I, mean, I mean, Joe ended up with a penalty for hitting Schumacher. Because the Hasses had, you know, they had the uh, Toto Wolf crosshairs on the backs. Apparently so. And, For uh, everyone. Yeah, and Joe ended up um, retiring. Was it six six laps before uh, before the end? He had contact with oh, Schumacher, he? didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he was classified, was he? He was. Was he, he was classified uh, in sixteenth, six laps, six okay. laps down. I particularly enjoyed okay. um, one of Bottas's post race quotes um he said it felt like a lot of sweat with nothing to show for it yeah that sounds yeah that seems yeah that seems that seems a very finish description (laughs) of the race i see uh somebody's already given him a bucket hat um to try and wear this weekend for uh, i think it's a cycling bucket because he bought a circuit paul ricard hat Mm. everybody saw this didn't they it was so hot at paul ricard that Bottas decided not to wear the team cap and went and got, bought one of those 90s-style bucket hats instead. <laughs> yes, he definitely, mm. I think, could be a, a hat person. Yeah, this, I mean, this could be Bottas's fashion statement could, for the rest of the year. It could be his thing. He could, he, could, he could overtake Lewis Hamilton in the fashion stakes here as to, you know, <laughs> the, the fashion hero of, of the F1 paddock. Unlikely hero. Oh, we're talking about Lewis Hamilton's fashions and Lee isn't here to defend him. Sorry, did I say defend? I meant attack. Right, Williams. Um, oh, sorry, just one more oh. thing b- briefly on Bottas. He was uh, today in the team car for his girlfriend at the Tour de France, doing team car stuff. Tour de France Femme sponsored by Zwift, as they keep yes. saying constantly. Yes, it is sponsored by Zwift, isn't it? Fucking hell. Yeah, you, you, do, you do not forget that Zwift are sponsoring the um, women's Tour de France. Um. What do you do in a team car? Because I know that every team has a car and it has supplies on it, etc., for emergencies. But what what do you do if you're? I in assume it? he was probably just yelling motivational phrases rather than actually doing any sort of bike mechanics or anything. The hand the, the hand out the water bottles yeah, and the energy it's gels. It's that kind of thing. It's handing out stuff, um, team radio, that kind of shite. Oh, he'd be good at that. 
That's probably what he does. Okay, I've missed all the um, women's Total France coverage this week. But the broad- you said they were broadcasting the team radio on TV. They Yes, they have been, which has not been done for the men's Tour de France before. So that's a kind of new thing. All the sort of, all the F1 Twitter that has crossover into cycling has been mind blown by it. I might have to try and catch one of the remaining stages <laughs> um, before Sunday just to just to hear some of it and tweet the mind-blowingness of the blowing There you go. <laughs> I kind of got myself into a bottleneck there with that one, didn't I? <laughs> Can we do Williams? Yes. Right, Latif- yes. Latifi crashed. Yes. Yes. Albon, rubbish. Um, Not his fault. Looked, looked at some points like he was um, going to do okay, but... Um, it's like you, it's like you said um, three years ago about Paul Ricard. Three? Yeah, yeah. After the 2019 race that we were all thoroughly bored by, and I've been us- I've been using your statement about Paul Ricard ever since. It's a test track. Cars are going to finish there where they're meant to finish because of their speed, oh, because yes. that's what test yeah. tracks do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it separates fair. the teams, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it totally. I think it. It, it well. We'll get on to the top teams in a bit, but I think it totally did separate the teams, to be honest with you. We, we got the actual running order. Very quietly as well, it was uh, Grand Prix number 50 for Elban. Didn't, oh, didn't yes. know he'd done didn't that many. particularly get any mention over the weekend, but he tweeted about it after the race. Uh, and there was less of a fanfare. I know we're, not, we're nowhere near that yet. For, for, for Hamilton's 300th, I would have mm. expected a lot, a lot more. Um, for you know, celebrations for for Lewis Hamilton reaching three hundred, but but no, not really. Just a little, little bit of a mention here and there, and yeah, and, and, that, no, and no drivers it. won a race after after three hundred. No, no, there is that, but uh, again, I can't remember who said it. Um, on I think it was must have been on Sky TV. If, if there's one record that one more record that he's going to break, you would probably think it'd be that one. Yeah. You would you would have thought so. Uh, Alpha Tori up next. Uh, Gasly in twelfth, and Sonoda um, DNF'd because his under tray failed. Was that because it got oh, wow, an Ocon okay. into the side of it? Probably. <laughs> Has anyone seen? I know we're not talking about them, but you speaking about under tray? Has anyone seen the uh, the clip of Lando Norris getting out of his car at the end of the race? No, no. He gets out of his car at the end of the race, looks at his car, and goes. Sort of shakes his head a bit and then picks up a massive bit of carbon fibre out of his suspension. Sort of doesn't know what to do with it, so just chucks it in the cockpit. Fair. <laughs> Any idea whose it was? Hey, whose would that have been? No, no, I'll see if I can find that and post that in the chat group now. Bloody hell. Uh, but yes, yeah, Sonoda and Ocon had, um, had an early collision and that just, um, that just put Sonoda out of the race. Um, he actually, I think he retired under the safety car. Yeah. Yeah, I think by that point they just kind of figured out actually this car is going nowhere. Save the mileage. Yeah. Um, and Gasly. Um, yeah, out of very anonymous, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, potential participation award for uh, for Pierre this weekend. Um. Yeah, it, were his parents there? Because I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how often did we see them? Uh, probably like, more than we saw um, him because I can't bloody remember what he yeah. did. Um, he, he, he went. He went he out in Q one. He had a bad. Yeah, he had a bad quality, and then took him a long time to to make up anything in the race. 
Yeah, he started 13th and he finished 12th. Oh, start, uh, started 14th, sorry, and finished 12th. Yeah, not amazing, really, is it? No. <laughs> In a race which saw several people retire. Yeah. Yeah, five people didn't make the finish line, and he made up two places. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it it wasn't... It wasn't a good weekend. We'll, all we can do is leave it at that. Uh, right. Aston Martin, Vettel in 11, Stroll in 10th, and at one point, Vettel nearly in Stroll's gearbox on the final corner of the final lap. It did almost look like he gave him a little nudge, didn't it? Now, Stroll has made... Well, Stroll was well slow, to be fair. Stroll has made an excuse, said he didn't hit the brakes in the middle of the corner. He got wheel spin, and that's what slowed him down. Right. A little bit of snap oversteer. Mm-hmm. Which surprised the living crap out of Vettel, who nearly rear-ended him. I mean, it could have been uh, funny, though, wouldn't it? Uh, if both of them had just, like, like, like pirouetted out of the points <laughs> after fighting for a point. Yeah, I mean, Vettel was saying that he definitely had the pace on Stroll, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because there was only one point available between the two of them. I'm really feeling for Seb at the minute because the car is an absolute dog. I tweeted before the race, you know, have uh, have Aston Martin got the worst car this weekend? And I had about three or four replies saying, have they got the worst car this season? I don't know. They got the worst car. It's just. It's just. I think maybe Alpha Tauri are probably slower than them. Williams probably slower than them. But yeah, it's not the right place for Aston Martin where they want to be, is it? That's why I thought we might see um, Audi diving in on on that team. Um, it's not sustainable for Lawrence Stroll to keep that team going and keep his son in that seat. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Aston Martin not having a good time right no, now. No, I mean, it's... You know, every, everyone was sort of so hyped from before the start of the season until Lawrence Stroll opened his mouth at the um, at the launch and everybody started falling asleep because, <laughs> you know, M- Mr. Charisma. He really, he really well, is not... Always over- Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they, they always overachieve, don't they, that team? They always... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they got a fourth like a couple of years in a row, and it's like, wow, this team with like no money have done this. Imagine if they had money. Now they've got money, and they've gone backwards. All the gear and no idea. That yeah. Lawrence Stroll, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, the gear the gear is very well designed. You know, it's Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> well, appa- it should be. Apparently, the factory will be coming on stream before the start of next season, and they're doing an aggressive recruitment drive. Amongst all the other F one teams, who well, would did want that over, to go over there? The, over the last win- no, they did it over the last winter. They stole like Mercedes and Red Bull. Aero oh, there's, oh, there's, there's still they're still going on. They're trying to get more. They're trying to get more for next year. Possibly because they oh. want to get rid of everyone this year because the car wasn't instantly winning a world championship for Lance. I don't know that the people to create that car exist. And also, just something else as well was the the. Um, Vettel has apparently opened the talks about a contract extension. That doesn't mean he's going to sign it, of course, but the talks have been opened. So it sounds like somebody, whether it's Vettel or Aston Martin, wants Vettel around a little bit longer. I mean, I I think think they need him there a bit longer because at the moment he's the only one in the car that's giving the team any credibility. 
Um, I don't know. You know say, Stroll did finish ahead of him in France, but it's just... Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't Vettel, if that was Stroll and uh, any other driver who's not already a world champion, um, that, that that team would... you know We wouldn't pay attention to it because it, there wouldn't be a Sebastian Vettel-like character in the team. Yeah, if it, if it, it yeah, Lance Stroll and, for want of a better word, Ken. Yeah, <laughs> Ken Tyrrell. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was Uncle Ken. He was actually, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Vettel's, Vettel's the only one sort of showing showing credibility for the team. But how long before it damages him? I mean, all right, he's not he's not the suicidal looking. Late, later day Ferrari Vettel. I don't think he was suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he was Morrissey with a super license. He just he just gave up a bit. Just, just, with, just without the racism and homophobia, and <laughs> I think that's it. I think and perhaps Gazaston Martin are letting him probably do a lot more of his sort of Seb stuff outside of racing. Yeah. That's probably keeping him a bit happier than he was at Ferrari. But yeah, on track. Probably not so much. Yeah, they just need to get the dog of a car sorted out. Or just admit that this year's been a failure and concentrate on next season. The Haas move. Who it worked for. It this did, time. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. They just, needed, they just needed the rules to change. And find out where the money's coming from. Yeah, yeah, there is that as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as it turns out, the guy who owns the team. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Uh, right, McLaren. Um, Lando in seventh, Danny in ninth. Danny's fourth points finish of the season in race 11. It was, yeah, it was an upgrade to McLaren, and it seemed to work quite well, especially in qualifying when Lando put himself between the two Mercedes. Um, given that that, that that Mercedes qualifying pace is supposed to be significantly, I know it's nowhere near where Mercedes wanted to be, but it's supposed to be significantly quicker than what McLaren are able to do. It's quite impressive that they that Lando managed to, to put himself between the two Mercs. Um, race pace wise, obviously he fell behind Alonso and uh, the, the, the battle that they're in with Alpine, they did miss out on because it was Alpine, McLaren, Alpine, McLaren. So Alpine ended up scoring more points than them. And are now um, ahead of them in the uh, Constructors' Championship. Yeah, but it seemed to be a fairly decent, um, more decent, shall I say, performance from McLaren, getting both cars in the points, which is, let's be honest, been rare this season. It really has. Um, how many times have they done it before? They have... See, I'm being all, I'm being all interactive tonight. Um... One, two, three. Yeah, that was the f- yeah that was the fourth time. So every every time Danny scored, Lando scored. Yeah. Yeah. So Lando's got the consistency. Danny, obviously, you know the the jury is still out. Um, you know he did he did make his statement about uh, I am I am committed to McLaren for next year, and apparently the team weren't surprised that he did it. What that he committed to McLaren, or that he that scored he, points? That he made the statement. I think. I think. Oh, okay. Possibly surprised that he scored points. Um, 
I don't know. As I say, I think Danny Ricardo is still Danny Ricardo. He's just, you know, st- struggling with this McLaren. But then he struggled a little bit with last year's, didn't he? Until mid-season, so. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a video from um, from Scarbs that explains why that car doesn't work for his style, which I've got to admit I've not had a chance to watch yet. So that's that's going to be my summer break homework. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it it could be that over over the summer um, it gives him time to get back in his own head, and you know, we see we see what he's capable of, and see if he can actually get to grips with the car come uh, come the start again in Belgium. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, right, Alpine um, into the top four teams now. Ocon in eighth and Alonso in sixth. Um, Great performance from both cars yes. and both drivers. Aside from the really well. Aside from the driving into Sonoda moment. Apart from that, everything else was great. <laughs> Alonso got Alonso got such a great start. Mm. Um, and watching the, the start on board from Alonso, I know it's usually Lee who's fanboying over Alonso, but watching the on board from uh, from Fernando's car, that the, the from the start and then that first half a lap, it was it was impressive. He was he was hassling Perez um, early doors. So yeah, good performance from from Alpine. Good performance from from both drivers. Um, and does, you've got to say they probably deserve to be ahead of McLaren in the in the constructors at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean they've got they've got two drivers that are um, comfortable in the cars, mm-hmm. uh, can get good performance out of them, and are being both being more consistent. I think that's it. Isn't it? Alpine's issues were sort of at the start of the year when Alonso kept breaking down. I think Ocon had maybe a couple of ventures along his way, but they seem to have now sort of. Hit, hit their stride, really. Yeah, I mean, they turned a corner when Alonso got more championship points than penalty points. That's always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they uh, where they go driver wise next year. Because at the moment, nothing nothing's confirmed. Yeah, we don't know. But it's all to do with what Williams want to do, I suppose, I as well. Think, with yeah. Oscar Piastri. Yeah, it well, is. Um, can they sell Piastri to someone? Well, the thing is, Williams now may have Logan Sargent into the mix because if obviously if he wins F two, Williams are a little bit shafted. Will he win F two? I don't think he will. I and he'll get a super license with a top five finish. But if he doesn't win F two, they can leave him. They can, there next they can year. leave him there. Um, yeah, Jos Capito said it's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem. Mm. Yeah, he's third in the standings. He's nearly 60 points behind Drogovic. He's not winning. Right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> on that on that point, why has no F1 team picked up Drogovic for, the young, for a young driver programme? Yes, very, very fair question. Yeah, no, pr- I think it's got something to do with long-time listener and occasional contributor Kieran Thompson. Who really has a downer on him. <laughs> and that is putting it lightly. Actually, we should have thought, oh, when Lee said he couldn't come on tonight, we could have got Kieran on to explain. I thought you were going to say we could have got Felipe Drugovic on instead. No, we're not F1 feeder series, unfortunately. <laughs> could have got Kieran on to explain his, um, how do we put it, lack of like for Drugovic. Disdain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, right, if you are listening on Patreon at the moment, nothing absolutely at all is going to happen. 
And you can listen on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels and um, pledging anything from a pound a year or a dollar up a month. Um, If you are not listening on Patreon and you are listening on any other platform, um, here is a jump cut. Just want to quickly talk about um, somebody who we're partnering with at the minute. Um, It's a product that I've actually started using every day, um, AG1. And I started taking it basically because... I was looking for um, sort of slightly better gut health because it's something that everyone struggled with from time to time and I just thought I'm, uh, I'm going to give this a go and I didn't want to be taking loads of different supplements every day. So with this, um, it's just one scoop in uh, a cup of water and you're getting 75 different high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics and something called adaptogens which apparently, I don't know, judging by the word, I've never heard of it before, they can adapt your juns. And we all need our juns adapting. Um, it's something good to take in the morning, because it gets, sort of kicks you off a little bit during the day, and um, does tend to uh, does tend to wake you up a bit without, um, without going for excess caffeine. Um, good thing about it is it's lifestyle-friendly. So whatever diet you're on at the moment, there's a lot of those keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, minerals-only, God knows what. It fits in with every kind of diet, and it's not chock full of sugar. So that actually works um, works quite well. They describe it as a micro-habit with big benefits. I've never come across a micro-habit before, but yeah, it's like you get into the habit of um, taking it every morning, and... Um, it's one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And the good thing is, it's actually cheaper than going out and getting coffee. Now, I like I like my coffee, but I'm prepared to sacrifice one cup per a day. Um, the price works out less than... I'm going to do this in traditional Patreon style. Three dollars, three euros, or three pounds. It's, cheap, it's cheaper than that. Um, what more can you really say about this? I mean, it's had five-star reviews across every single platform. It's recommended by professional athletes, and if you go on the website itself, you will see um, a Formula One driver that you're aware of who um, uses and recommends the product. So, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you've got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash Formula One, and that's F-O-R-M-U-L-A-O-N-E, um, just to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I told you there'd be a jump cut, <laughs> but everyone everyone listening on Patreon now is like, what, what, what? So have a look on the website. There's a, there's a link to what we're advertising on there. Uh, right, where are we next? We are... Right, okay. Pull up, pull up a comfy chair. Get the popcorn out. It's Ferrari time. Oh, joy. Oh, wow. Right. So, where do we start? <laughs> Carlos Sainz um, was rapid. Yes. Yeah, well, he had new engine, didn't he? Obviously, new power unit to, to replace the one he charred. Yes. Yeah, I well, don't, th- I don't think they could have to... reused any of yeah, that. No, no, not, not blaming him specifically for that. No, 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 yeah. Um, I, yeah, Carlos Sainz, I, I saw something, I can't remember who said it now, somebody uh, said quite interestingly that Carlos Sainz looks more of a team leader than Charles Leclerc does, mm-hmm. mm. purely because he seems to know the strategy. He understands the calls from the pits and tells them when to shut up. <laughs> yes. Um, uh 
Because we, we said now for three races in a row that the best strategist at Ferrari is Carlos mm. Sainz. Yeah. <laughs> there was more of it this weekend, wasn't there? When, uh, well, I mean, for various reasons, but even early in the race, he got a time penalty. And I think they told him it was a five second stop and go. And he was like, well, hang on, that's not a thing. Yeah, it's not. They, a stop they gave and go him penalty, completely yeah. the wrong information, and he, you know, while he's busy trying to drive a race car, is having to correct them on the minutiae of the sporting regulations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. aren't they meant to have someone there who? The, the, the FIA tells you what the penalty is. We all saw it on the screen: five second time penalty, not stop yeah. and go. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That, I don't. The new engine. Um, he proved that it could do well on Saturday because he set the fastest time in Q two, and that time would have actually got him second on the grid yeah I don't I don't believe that at the end of the race when he had to stop for tyres um, that he would have been able to make those um, would have been able to make those uh, mediums last all the way to the end of the race certainly not at that pace no I don't think he could so I think he had to stop again anyway and so that the fact that everybody was calling calling um you know Ferrari strategists oh you're such idiots why did you stop again you threw away a second place no I don't think they did I think they threw away uh, a double retirement for a fifth because uh, Carlos's tires would not have lasted and you would have had to pit and drop back even further or had a tire blower and an accident yeah because um he would have had to have done 36 laps on that set of mediums when Pirelli was saying under optimal conditions 24 to 27 is the window for them. Yeah. So, no, it wouldn't have worked. It was just the manner that they called him in and the way that they called him in when he's in the middle of an Uh on-track battle. Yeah, and the very confusing sort of thing as well where it's like, come in, no, don't come in. Yes, come in. Minds, make up, please, Mm. what? Which is why he yeah. fired back with the with the not now because he knew that he was in a position where yeah. he'd be able to pass Paris in a couple of corners. Yeah, okay. We we heard the team radio as they were passing the pit lane. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was from a little bit earlier, and I think it was from about four or five corners previous. And he was winding himself up for the pass. Yeah, he knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, and to, to to be fair, he had he, he, as we just said, he had the pace. It was just. Uh, the, the the thing I'll say about the tyres that, that obviously they had to swap the tyres again for for Carlos Sainz, so you don't think he would have got to the end, but the they did not leave him enough laps to make up that deficit again. He could easily have got back up to fourth, maybe even third, had they pitted him ten laps earlier. Yeah, because I mean he was um, eleven and a half seconds behind Perez in the end. Yeah, so ten laps. He, on fresher tyres, well, I'm still asking quite a bit, but even still, you know, th- th- I think they waited too long. I see a lot of memes and things about you know Ferrari being clowns, pit wall clowns, etc. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. It's just I think they got they got caught between a rock and a hard place and couldn't make a decision. Which that is, is the that is the usual Ferrari problem though. When they've got to make a decision very quickly, they dither about it for that long. Mm-hmm. The the actual choice is forced on them, and it's always the worst option. Yeah. And you know, I think that I think this is where the the strategy clown bit comes into mm-hmm. it. It's 
they've got all these strategies, you know, plan A to plan F or however many however many they use. Plan F, I think, specifically is the fastest lap plan. Would make sense. That I think we've I think mm. we've managed to establish that before based on what time in the race they do it. Plan mm. F I think is coming because you've got a pit free pit stop and do a fastest lap. But I'm waiting to hear when they when they start saying, Oh, okay, Carlos, we're gonna go look at plan Z. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like change the tires for um skis. It yeah. could work. Yeah. Just sit in the pits and hope everyone else retires. <laughs> You know, send you out for one lap. Yeah. Um, you know, do, yeah. is it that Ferrari are overthinking things too much? I just don't think they're prepared. They're not prepared. They weren't prepared to be in a championship mm. fight. Red Bull have been here for years. They know exactly what's going on. And a lot of the team at Red Bull will have been winning championships with Vettel, especially the top brass like Christian Horner um, you know, and, and, and the race engineers. Um They've been around the team for a long time. Ferrari have changed their, swapped out their team so often that I know Mattia Bonotto was was one of the race engineers for Michael Schumacher way back in the day. But come on, like they're just—it's it's like they're surprised when they're winning a race and they start watching the race instead of doing their job. Like, oh, we're winning! Yeah. Everybody, check this out—we're winning. And that's probably and, exactly and, and, what happened with Sainz, with him starting at the back. They never thought, like, oh, shit, he might get a podium. How do we deal with this? Yeah, whereas, you know, like, the, the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull, straight mm-hmm. away would be, like, factoring in, okay, so we've got a guy in a car who's starting at the back. What's the best option we can do for him? Um, well, okay, do we want to go long? You know, they work it out. Mm-hmm. And, 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 they, and they, you know, nine times out of ten, these guys find themselves back on the... Uh, you know, back on the podium or as close to it as possible. It was like they didn't expect that with Carlos Sainz, as you said. And I don't know if you saw, but when Charles Leclerc crashed out, the whole team was watching the monitors. They weren't preparing for like a safety car. Like, right, okay, there might Mm -hmm. be a safety car and an opportunity here to bring our other driver in. They were just just like stood or sat with their like hands on their heads, like oh no, I can't believe he's crashed. Which is fine, understandable reaction, but you're still working. Mm-hmm. You got a job to do. <laughs> and I think we saw we well, we saw how unprepared they were from that pit for the pit stop when signs did come in. One because it was a shitty pit stop, and two because they practically released him into the side of Albon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a good job that Albon was was quick on his brakes there, yeah. but uh, into, yeah, five second penalty was was justified. Uh, they can't argue with that, but I think that five-second penalty and the fact that they left Carlos Sainz out too long before stopping him at the end, uh, I think that probably cost them mm-hmm. the the podium. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had definitely had the pace for it. Um, it it just comes down to Ferrari. <sighs> Yeah, I don't Being like Ferrari. saying Ferrariing it up, but that's that's what they did. And then with Leclerc, can't even get a straight story about what happened. He's in the middle of a crash and he's saying stuck throttle, and then he well that was then he comes yeah, out and says, on. "Oh, I made I made a mistake. I'm going to have to stop making these mistakes." The the stuck throttle thing was that he couldn't get the throttle to work after the accident, so he couldn't he he could get the car into reverse, but he could not. He couldn't apply the throttle to get his car out from underneath the tyres. 
probably because the car realised it was stuck and just shut everything off. Mm. Um, one, one thing that was noticed, it was a um, mate of mine at work who actually pointed this out, was that um, on the lap that he crashed, he went into that corner 15 kilometres an hour faster than he'd done previously. Really? Because, and then, and then, uh, had Anthony, to, then had to brake harder. Yeah, Anthony Davidson had a lap-by-lap comparison from the lap before and then the lap... Uh, lap before, yeah, lap before and then the lap where he had the accident. And uh, his line was almost identical to, to to the one that he took before. So yeah, if he was if he was travelling that much quicker, then fair enough. Then he goes goes in harder on the brakes and obviously <clears throat> less grip on the rear, wheel spin gone. But everybody, this is the, this is the thing, and I'm not saying that Charles Leclerc didn't make a a, a mistake because uh, I'm I'm sure that's what happened if that's what he said, um, and you know the, the Ferrari team said it as well, but. Everybody who looked at that, Johnny Herbert, Paul DeResta, um, Anthony Davidson, Nico Rosberg, all looked at that accident and said, that there's something not right there. Your car shouldn't let go like that. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like a, like a, like a standard driver error. Um, whether it was something else, and Carlos has just been told, just take, just take the rap on this one, and um, we don't need to let anybody else know what happened. I'm not saying Ferrari are doing anything illegal. I'm not saying that at all. But maybe they've got something that they're trying out and it just didn't work. I I did also wonder if in between the crash and the media there had been a don't blame the car conversation. Yeah, because I keep making these these mistakes. Okay, we know Imola was definitely a a Charles Leclerc mistake. Um, it's, It's the third time is that he's crashed out of a race. Um, this season, it's just you can't do that when you're chasing championships. I know Lee is 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 hard on Charles Leclerc. I think he can win a world championship. I think, and I think that I think it's Ferrari that stopped him from winning the world championship. And when you look at his reactions when he's getting out of the car, he is angry with the car. He's not like he's not upset that he's made an error. He is he is mad when he's getting out of the car. He's mad with the car. So I don't think necessarily what we've heard is the, the complete truth. Well, I, d- um, I don't believe what we've heard is the complete truth because it came from the Ferrari press department and I just don't trust anything <laughs> that they say. I'm going to lose our accreditation here. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's you, fine. You've, got to take, you've got to take what comes out with a pinch of salt. Absolutely, yeah. But at the same time, it, for, Ferrari do seem to... Well, Charles Leclerc does does seem to find himself. What's going on with the microphones? I can hear a lot uh, rattling. Dizzy is twatting about near the microphone. Yeah. Well, yeah, welcome can, to the welcome that. to the dizzy part of the podcast, everyone. Okay. So, um, yeah, Charles Leclerc does find himself in these situations um, where he is pushing, whether he's chasing or trying to build a gap at that point, and the car ends up in the wall. Um. I, th- I don't know, if you put Charles Leclerc in a different car, would he still find himself in these situations or would he be you know, winning a lot more races than he's won so far? Inter- interesting question, but um, yeah, I mean, is you know, are Ferrari doing something to just... Again, is this no, another no, thing no, that Ferrari not... are getting wrong? I don't know if it's another thing that Ferrari are getting wrong. I just think 
as I say, the whole mindset, the whole thing with, with like surrounding sort of what's going on. I don't think it's 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 right. It's not a championship winning mentality. So when he's pushing, you know, he's not. I don't think the team or the drivers are in the right headspace because they just don't they don't know they didn't know what to expect and they still don't. Um, Ferrari are Ferrariing themselves, and I'm not saying I'm not. Um, I'm not saying Charles Leclerc's innocent, not at all whatsoever. Um, as I say, Lee's been quite harsh on him. And Lee's been kind of proven a bit right, really. 68 points now, that gap is. Uh, this year's probably not going to be Charles' year for a championship. No. No, I mean, I think I think it is practically all over by the shouting. Although Ferrari have come out and said they can't see a, we- a reason why they can't win the remaining 10 races this season. The last time they said something like that, was just in the summer break of 2018. And the Belgian Grand Prix, the first race back after the summer break, was when they were like, oh, yeah, we brought a power unit upgrade. And Vettel went past Hamilton like he was stood still on lap one. And I, we were all saying at the time, like, is this Ferrari like winning a championship? Is this what... And they managed to fuck it up for themselves <laughs> again. Well, yeah, they got found out. Yeah, they did. Um, but but yeah. So I, I'm not discounting Ferrari, but it would be a bigger comeback than than I don't know. I can't even think of a comeback that would be as big as that. Lazarus? Nah, it's bigger than that. <laughs> It'd be like the Beatles reforming with all four original members. Probably bigger than that. Christ, you're saying it's going to be it would it would be pretty big. I, if I were Ferrari, I would maybe consider throwing this year's championship to the wall, being like, "Right, we fucked it this year." Yes, I think that's what Leclerc um, has already done. Is it not? Maybe. I mean, sometimes, I, well, I, I, sometimes it's tech pro. Fair. <laughs> Sometimes it's sometimes it's tires. Sometimes yes. it's Armco barrier. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I were Ferrari, if I were Mattia Bonotto, in fact, if Ferrari are listening, and they won't be, um, <laughs> just just give me the job because I I'm not interested in the championship for the rest of the year. I'm interested in the next race, and you go out there with your two drivers, and you you assess which driver is going to be better placed to attack for a championship the following year. And you start getting that team ready for a championship fight for next year. Mentality-wise, you think, right, okay, we're doing really well. Let's concentrate on 23 because 22, we were close, but we weren't quite in the right place. So uh, let's not dwell on it. Let's build on that. Let's see what we can do. Let's... uh, Obviously, we're not giving up. What we're doing is we're planning for the future. We're planning ahead here. So let's give these two guys a fair fight. Out they go. See who does the better choice. To me, I think by the end of the season, you're going to end up with Carlos Sainz being your number one driver. And I never thought I would have said that five races ago. I think this is the issue. If they think they're going to win all 10 races between now and the end of the season, it's not going to be 10 Leclerc wins. No, I don't. No, but... I just don't think that is doable. No. Carlos won in Britain, didn't he? And he was doing really well in Austria. 
till his engine caught fire. And then, obviously, <laughs> the French Grand Prix just happened. So we'll we'll see where Carlos's headspace is at yeah. in Hungary. Yeah. I don't know that the Hungary is going to be an interesting one because I don't know that any of those front two teams have got a car that's suited to that kind of circuit, if, you know, if that makes sense. Monaco without the walls. Yeah, yeah, they call it that. It's quite a quick circuit, though, really, the Hungaro Ring. Mm. It's just heavily reliant on um, on downforce. Yeah. Uh, right, Mercedes next. Um, double podium, first first one of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, smart move by George Russell to take third from Perez. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's 300th race. Yes, good and, start by him. Yeah. And yet it just seemed like a bit of a also ran. Yeah, to say that they had a very, very good day, It yeah, it has kind of, I think I suppose it's been kind of eclipsed by the Verstappen dominance and the Ferrari thing. But yeah, it does seem to have been a bit of a, a sort of a missed point almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think... The podium for Mercedes is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I think Mercedes got the Carlos Sainz Just Get On With It award. Yes. For this weekend. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I'm not entirely certain George Russell's pass on, on Perez into the chicane was ever on. And if if the stewards had decided to do something with it, I think George Bright might have come off worse. Um, it was a bit... Young ho, wasn't I, quite I, as, as it wasn't quite as clean as a Danny Rick late late break pass, was it? It was it was full elbows out, wasn't it? I did for a while yeah. think that battle was going to be how Signs got back his podium. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we'll 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 get to that when we do rock stars and wankers. <laughs> there have been comments. Oh, good, good, good. good. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean the the move that the move that he did make at the end of the um, end of the virtual safety car was um, well planned, well thought out, well done. And Perez said he was robbed. <laughs> was he though? Well, the I mean, virtual he... safety car ended. Yeah, let me find the exact quote from him because he he reckons he didn't get the message that he was meant to get because they all get they all get some kind of message from the the. Um... But everyone else got it. So what did he say? We gave everything, we did not have enough pace in the end, and we had the wrong message from the control tower with the VSC. It ended up ruining our race. Now, the VSC, en- the VSC ending period did last longer than normal because they had a breakdown in the system and they had to, um, they had to restart it. Um, which is why there was such a big gap between VSC ending and the green flag coming out. But everybody else seemed to be... But that, yeah, that was the same, in theory, that was the same message for everyone. But yeah, Perez seems to think he didn't get it. Did he miss it? Was he not paying attention? Because Russell just completely mugged him. I said said at the time, Checo didn't even defend that. Is there something up with the car? Well, yeah, and on on Sky commentary, they were wondering if something was up with Russell's car because he kept dropping so far back. But then he was so quick. You know, I think he was hoping that the, the flag would go green whilst he was almost at full throttle so that he could retain that momentum. That's kind of what he did. Mm-hmm. He he dropped back a little bit, knowing that the, the safety car was going to be ended soon. As soon as it went green, he had his foot to the floor. He was he was flying. He just went he went past Perez and Perez didn't have an answer for him. Mm. 
I mean, that, that's the thing. You're allowed to do that under um, under a VSC because you've got to drive within a delta. It's not yeah, to it, a specific you, you don't one. have to be at a constant speed. You just have to be a sort of over a stretch of... Yeah. Peer, you know, a stretch of track. You have to not arrive before a certain time or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So conjecture corner... <laughs> well, this this bit needs its own theme tune. Okay. <laughs> Sergio Perez was allegedly running a new floor in France, which is the totally, completely, no questions asked, legal floor, whereas the floor that Red Bull have been running up to this point allegedly is questionably legal. Same with Ferrari, although I don't know what they've done with their floor. Um well, usually, usually sort of swept it up and put it on the back of a flatbed if it's been on Leclerc's car. Yeah, Toto Wolf has been quite vocal about what teams should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to, to the plank. Um, he's not referring to Christian Horner there, by the way. Um, <laughs> but but, but, but the, the, the suggestion is that Red Bull have been allowing their plank to flex more than the allowed two millimeters and that's been giving them extra performance especially on the straights well there was a a photo came out of um retractable uh retractable skid blocks in the plank yes yes which is a new is it when does a new directive come in was it from france or was it from belgium the new floor directive because the way the fia tested it they would have missed retractable retractable skid blocks and any uh, flexing towards the back of the plank would have been missed by the way that they measured it. So they changed the directive, but I don't know when it comes in. Um, uh, It was meant to be for the French Grand Prix, uh, but it's now been delayed until Belgium. Is this what Nick Knowles has been losing his shit over? Yes, yes, that's exactly what he's been losing his shit over. Uh-huh. We, we don't. Well, I've got. I'm going to say it. We don't know that it's Red Bull. We don't know that it's Ferrari. Uh, all it's two teams that have been asked to, um, you know, perhaps have a look at what they've been doing with the flaws and change them. So every team has got this new directive. And I mean, if, it's, if, it turns out, if it turns out it's Mercedes that are illegal, that will leave Nick Knowles with egg on his face, which is also my <laughs> pitch, which is my pitch for a new daytime TV show. Well, well, I don't think, it, <laughs> well, I don't think it is because the way that Total Wolf has gone. Well, we've looked at this directive, and that's exactly what we've been doing from the start, which is exactly what we all should have been doing from the start. So nobody's named names. This is this is the thing. And I, th- I think it probably would reflect badly on the sport if if the sport were to come out and be like, oh, hey, guys, yeah, you know our two fastest cars that you've been watching all year? Yeah, they've both been cheating. So, like... <laughs> I mean, I it's, 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 they... it's all right when one team does it and they get found out after the event. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, there's a massive when... cat war going on next to me. <laughs> oh. Sounds like something, it just, something it just else land, on daytime it just TV. It landed on me. <laughs> But yeah, um, so the conjecture being, if Perez was running the new Red Bull floor, does that take away the advantage they had over not just Mercedes, but the you know, the Ferrari and also maybe most of the rest of the field? Maybe their maybe their advantage isn't that big. I mean, theoretically, that is a possibility. 
it is conjecture. I'm not saying this is definitely what happened in, before, in case anybody is listening and thinks, hang on a second, I'm going to sue you. You can't because I'm, not, I'm, I'm merely speculating. That one or more teams may be doing something that might not be in the true spirit of the rules which are getting properly codified in Belgium. And Perez had the new floor and was slower, which, let's be honest, nobody puts an upgrade on that makes you worse. See, that's the thing. If Ferrari, he's, if he's had... hold my key ante. If he's had the new floor now and it doesn't absolutely have to be on the car until Belgium, that is still quite a bit of time to make a better floor. Yes, but it's the difference between, you know, given the um, suggestions and the and the rumours, uh, that's kind of what the floor should be like. Um, so, <laughs> Or they've got time then to work the car around that floor. Maybe, maybe, possibly. Uh, it could just be a one-race thing. Who knows? Uh, who, you might put the, you might put that floor on Max Verstappen's car, and Max will go, "Hey, this is even faster." So, <laughs> you know, it's, it, there, there are so many variables and, and, and possibilities, but it's um, it's just worth keeping an eye on that. Um, unlikely to be so prevalent in Hungary because it's not a speed. I mean, it's fast, but it's not you know long straights. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's not a big power circuit. A lot, uh, you know, a lot depends no. on chassis and downforce. Well, it, that is part of of, of of what the floor is doing, but it's not. There's there's no massive long. There's there's one straight, and it's not that long. Yeah, yeah, it's just the start finish straight, and that's it. Everything everything else is either yeah. either a one eighty degree turn or a hairpin or um, a chicane. Basically. Yeah, I quite like the Hungarian circuit. It's cool. <laughs> In that case, get F1 2022 and have a go on uh, have a go on it for this week's Formula Lee, which is in a Mercedes in the dry, by the way. Oh. Cool. Actually, no, this, uh, this week's race is the last one on 2021. From uh, from Belgium, we'll move to doing a split championship with both games, so as not to leave anyone out that hasn't got the new one yet. Okay. Like me, even though I haven't actually entered the 2021 series yet. Um, that just really leaves Max Verstappen, because I think we've talked a lot about Perez. Um, Did nothing. Did nothing wrong, followed Charles Leclerc, won the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else to say about Max? Yeah, he didn't don't, do don't, anything, did don't he? know that there is much more to it than that, really, yeah. is there? Great start. Held everyone off. Um, made, a big enough, made a big enough gap. Um, and even after the um, round of pit stops, ended up winning by 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Good performance. Um, we've seen Max do it before. It's a kind of, or not, not quite. The, you remember the old school Vettel Red Bull days when he would disappear off into the distance. It wasn't quite like that because obviously he had to sit behind Charles Leclerc until he had his accident. But hmm. um, he just, he just kept his own pace. Was was comfortably ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes behind him. Um, I think it's the first time they finished Linus Stern, isn't it? In in this year since. Since Abu Dhabi last year, think but, it, think um, it is. I mean, the thing is, I don't think we're, I don't think we're actually going to see Verstappen disappearing off into the distance until um, until the championship's been won. It doesn't matter about grid penalties because when Vettel used to do it, you'd have more engines available. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got you've got three, and there's more races. So you're going to conserve it. You're not going to you're not going to pull off into the lead, disappear off, and lap everybody up to fourth. Because yeah. you're just comprom- you know you're compromising yourself 
um, two, three races down the road when uh, when your engine goes foom and you've got to start from the back of the grid. Whereas if you can, win, it's like if you can win as slowly as possible. Yes. Then you're doing yourself a favour for the next few races where you can win as slowly as possible. That's my thoughts on it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty pretty faultless drive from uh, from Verstappen. Um, yeah, just yeah, just like you say, just got it done. Yeah, um, and I'm just going to say it now. It's his title to lose. Mm, very much so. Yeah, he's 60, 68 points in the lead, which with less than half the season to got sixty three. Sixty three is it? Sorry, I thought it was sixty eight. My apologies. Nope, uh, sixty three. He's on two thirty three. Leclerc's on one seventy. But Perez is catching Leclerc. He's on one six three. Yeah, and Mercedes are catching Ferrari. They're only 40-something points behind Ferrari now uh, in the Constructors' Championship. Conveniently enough for Lewis, 44. Oh, it's an omen. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, incidentally, is 11 times the gap between Alpine and McLaren. Oh. As of, as of this weekend. Uh, right. Ro- so, so, if, so if Ferrari double DNF in Hungary and Mercedes won two and fastest lap, they're, gone, they're on the same points. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> that would be the ultimate Ferrari Ferrariing it. Yes, it would. I don't think it's going to happen. Can't imagine it. Uh, Rockstars and wankers. Uh, we've had our usual list from Wings Triumphant, who sends us one through at the end of the um, at the end of the race every week. Let's see. Let's see if we agree again this time. Uh, Rockstars. Max. Clean race. Pretty faultless. Swooped in when he got the chance. Um, cookie points for taking the time to ask about Leclerc's well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hamilton and Merck, fantastic second and third, cementing themselves as third best team and closing. We'll yeah. Just, just said that. Yeah. Sainz, pit lane to top five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Alonso, P6, steady and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alpine in general, apart from Ocon's kerfuffle with Sonoda. Yeah. Yeah, this is what Sean said. Yeah, this yeah. Is pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Aston Martin for actually being relevant for once. Were they? No. They got, no. They got a point. Ooh, and a point. That's not relevant. No, one, one point when both of your cars finished when 15 saw the checkered flag. Yeah. Yeah, no. And can I say Leclerc just for that primal scream on team radio? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have anything else to add to the Rockstars list? I would like to add uh, Gunter Steiner for his pit wall-ness. Yeah, generally not yes. being Horner, but yes. being Gunter. yes. More of that. Gunter is more personable than Horner, isn't he? Horner yes. is the Horner is the, if it, you know if all the team bosses were like a like a a school class and they all went to school together. You went to school with them. Christian Horner is the annoying prick who boasts about buying a new car on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, just gone to pick up my brand new Enter car, whatever it is here. <laughs> um. Gunter Stein is the guy who you still hang out with that you went to school with and uh, called just thinks everybody's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that, even though I don't speak to anyone that I went to school with. <laughs> all, not all that much. Maybe the odd message on Facebook. If, if I'm still in touch with you, sound. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, there is, there is one I went to school with that is a regular listener that I talked to, talked to on Twitter. You all right, Toya? His surname's Wilcox. Ah. You're not very inventive at 11, are you? Uh, right, the wankers list. Uh, Ferrari in general for being Ferrari. 
Yes, Ferrari Strategy Collective. Apparently they did yeah. ask for the Qualito, but the drivers are the ones that actually figured out a better way to do it. This does not shock me. I mean, yeah, we've got we've got to say that um, the tow that Science Gable Leclerc in um, Q3 both times was great, but... If that hadn't come from the pit wall and that actually came from the drivers, then... Again, it is f- oh, this is man. further proof that, once again, Sainz is all the strategy Ferrari have. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he decided to tow Leclerc down the second part of the straight where there was no DRS. And I think the team wanted to tow him down the first part of the straight. It's just like... Yeah. Well, we've already got the point? DRS. There's not much point, really. Yeah. Um, Russell for all the whining. I'm sure plenty of drivers whine all the time, but even Toto had to step in and tell him to shut up. Yeah, he did I get got a, a kind of a telling off, didn't he? Twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got to. I've got to agree with that. Just get on with it on the track. The, the overtake was. I know his argument is, oh yeah, but I was alongside. Yeah, yes, but the angle that you attacked the corner from meant that you were both going to end up off the circuit anyway. Mm. Um. So I don't know that it was, uh, as I said, I don't think it was as clean a pass as uh, like a Danny Rick Red Bull style bomb down the inside. Yeah, but I mean, when, um, it, when it comes to the whining, George does seem to get a lot of TV coverage to the extent that uh, when he sent the radio message saying, why am I always, why are my radio messages always being shown on TV? They showed that on TV. Oh, that was back in his <laughs> F2 days. <laughs> Because he was watching the TV, wasn't it? As he went yeah. past yeah. and saw that his Team Radio thing was on. Uh, the next one. The clusterfuck of arguing about what to do over the ride height. More politics BS from the teams. Also some dubious safety cries from the FIA. Um, yeah, if they if the, if the put the regulation change back, it's oh God, it's the usual FIA action on inaction. Uh, Paul Ricard, just for being a dull circuit that adds nothing to the race, just flat dullness. I didn't realise until Sky did the um, virtual track map before the race, there's 30 metres elevation change. Is there? Yeah, it's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. To, you, just like, ca- you just can't tell because everything around the track is completely featureless. Flat, mm. yeah. yeah. To be fair, Paul Ricard is quite a long circuit, isn't it? In the, it's, it's, it's like a long loop rather than a... A circle, or you know, it's not. It's not a. It's not a circuit that that explores a vast amount of territory. It kind of there's a hairpin at one end, and then another one at the other. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, so it's, you, it's two. It's two straights with chicanes and some fiddly bits at each end. Yeah, basically. So yeah, for, I think the elevation change from one end to the other. I don't, I don't know if it's quite as much as thirty meters, but yeah, it's uh, it, it is a lot more than you than you'd expect. Mm. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it said thirty meters on the uh, on the sky guide. But somebody, proved, you know, somebody pulled me up on that again. Um, if I've got that wrong, uh, right? Who are we giving the German Nazi Participation Award or awards to? I think possibly Pierre Gasly. Yeah, he definitely gets my vote. Uh, Bottas. Yes. Yeah, Bottas was was there somewhere. Um. I can't really think of anyone else that's sort of deserving of one. Um, Max Verstappen. Well, we didn't see him do a great deal apart from have a have a lead. He didn't do anything. <laughs> no. Nah. I mean, faultless, absolutely faultless. But I mean, yeah. At the same time, had everybody had a faultless race, we would have been like, "Oh my God, France was so boring." Mm. Yeah, I mean, at least there was a bit of action to uh, to talk about. And 
it looks like we won't be going there again, and uh, Belgium's still not on the calendar as well for 2023. Not yet. Can no. we add Lenovo to wankers for just giving us a very, very boring trophy? I know not everyone loves the Gorilla Trophy. But we do. But yeah, I'm indifferent to it. I think it's kind of been done and they need to move on. But also just a plain column that has the sponsor's name on it. I- identical to the one they gave out at Silverstone. Very boring. Thankfully, the mm-hmm. thankfully at least there was the BRDC trophy to kind of balance it out. Yeah, very boring. Can we get better trophies, please? Yes. We've always said this, though, about sponsors' logo trophies. You know, the Heineken Star or the um, Santander teardrop with bits attached to it. Be inventive. Do something different. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's just disheartening, isn't it, that people can just like, you know, oh, here's our logo. Let's just make it into a trophy. No, do something better. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably say something similar in computer shops that sell Lenovo computers if they're on the partnership scheme mm-hmm. or something. Rant over. Um, Hungarian Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Um, yes. That is a race that is remaining on the calendar for next year by all accounts. Um, Rain is forecast for qualifying. Oh, oh, excellent. Good. I mean, are we going to get a repeat of last year with um, it's lights out and away he goes? <laughs> for Lewis Hamilton <laughs> <Yeah>. only. <laughs> no, I don't think so. The most um, bizarre end to a red flag ever. Well, it's just, no, it was the strangest race start I've ever seen. I've never seen a race start with one. I don't think anyone has. A race start with just one car. <laughs> And then for a while, George Russell and the Williams was running second, but it's because he jumped everybody in the pit lane. <laughs> Run second until you get found out. Pretty um, much. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of those races that's hard to predict, I think. You do sometimes get an odd winner, don't you? You get a lot of sort of first-time winners seem to crop up. Esteban Ocon. Yes. Jensen Button got his first win there. Damon um, Hill. Yep. Yeah, you do, you just get this odd. It does just seem to yeah, it throws up odd results. Which did we Alonso like. win his first race of Hungary as well? I think he did. And it was one one year. Did did Hamilton win from like fourteenth on the grid or something like that? He, uh, the year he was at Mercedes, I think he uh, his first year at Mercedes, he only won. Did he win two races that year or one, and one of them was Hungary. Uh huh. Um. The yeah, um, I think the year he had a shit McLaren, he um, two thousand nine. I think he won at Hungary as well. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I am going to say that this is a Mercedes win, but I don't know whether Hamilton will win again or whether George Russell will win his first race. Ooh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea that. Uh, I mean, it may play better into Mercedes' hands with it not being all about um, supreme out-and-out power. That's what I think, and that's what I'm thinking. Particularly uh, if it's a bit of a mixed-up grid as well, if it's a bit uh, bit moist on the Saturday. Yeah. Um... Both Hamilton and Russell tend to be pretty good in damp conditions. So does Verstappen, in all fairness. Yeah, I think I think they stand a chance of being in the top three. It's just a question of what order. I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go same same top three as uh, same top three as we just had in France. Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go Hamilton, Russell, Verstappen. Mm. Even though I just said that we wouldn't get Mercedes one <laughs> two, I'm, I'm doing it. 
Do you know what? I'm also going to go with a Mercedes win. And I'm, since we've just been talking about first-time winners, I will go for the Russell win. Verstappen, yeah, quite likely, I think. Verstappen second, Sainz third. So no pressure on George at all this weekend. No, from us. no, not in the slightest. If you want to, um, if you want to put your predictions in, go to the website threelegsfourwheels.com and go to the game section. And it's the F one prediction league. Uh, predict the top three, pole position, fastest lap, number of DNFs, and whether there'll be a safety car or not. And uh, we'll all see how that comes out at the end of the race. If you want to join us during the race, uh, I'll be about on chat on Discord. Chris goes on there occasionally, and Sean's too busy writing the race up for the website, threelegsballwheels.com. Please visit I've been on Discord for ages. <laughs> <laughs> you keep you keep um, you keep getting talked about. Um, I think that's covered sort of all the reviews, previews, and newses. That thing that we talked fondly, about fondly, I hope. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, Good. So the thing that we um, the thing that we talked about before we uh, before we started shall shall we do it? Uh, well, in honourably not being here, we can give it a go. <laughs> right. Okay. So for only the second, you sound non-confident. I'll try and not make I'm it just, a difficult one. I'm nonplussed. There you go. I'll try and make I'll try and make it a non-difficult one. So for the second ever time, it's a who the bloody hell's that then? Um, and this one has been sent in by Michael Gutland, who did the uh, not Roman Grosjean one that we did last time. Oh yes. So it was good. It was because it was like it's Grosjean, it's Grosjean. Oh shit, it's not Grosjean. It clue Grosjean. ten. I am not Roman Grosjean. So yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, clue number one. I was born. In 1962, and can I get a yay for the I was born? Because yay. it may be a different yay. quiz name, but we born. still... So I was born in 1962. Okay. Uh, before entering Formula One, I won a major open wheel championship. Okay. A major open... Before joining Formula One, I won a major open wheel championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And clue three, I had a flying start to my Formula One career, and my Formula One career also finished on a high. This sounds like someone who's crashed quite a lot. Someone or something, knowing this gentleman in his... Uh, 1962... Honda is sticking out of my mind for some reason for 1962, and I think that might be more to do with motorcycles, but I'm not entirely sure. I have nothing better to offer. And you're going with Honda for your first? Why not? I think so, because, the, I mean, flying start, I can't don't know when Honda first started in Formula 1, but also went out on a high. Technically speaking, uh, they won the championship with Max Verstappen in their final race in Formula 1, even though they're still making the engines, but not really. <laughs> but at least they're not tag. This is true. Okay, clue four. Before entering Formula One, I was teammates with a world champion. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, after I joined F1, my previous race seat was taken by a world champion. I'm sorry, just, can you repeat that clue? After I joined F1, my previous race seat was taken by a world champion. So this person had okay. won. So they'd won an open wheel championship before coming to F1. They were a world champion, and then they left that 
and then another world champion replaced them in that one. Yes. I yeah. think. There is yeah, another clue okay. before the next guess. During my time in F1, I was teammates with a world champion. And as clue seven fits in with these last ones, I'm going to throw this one in before the next guess. There's still oh, another, that's very the, controversial. There's still another three clues. Hey, Mike, where's my rules? Still another three clues in a spaffer. Okay. Uh, upon leaving Formula One, I was replaced by a future world champion. And this time I will need a guess. I have a Nigel Mansell whiff. What, you can smell moustache? No, I don't know. <laughs> Just no, sort of Mansell's tra- older than that. Is he? he would only be 60. He'd only be ah, 60 yes, that's now. Fair. That's fair. Uh, so we're looking at somebody who raced probably in the late 80s, if it's yes. a person. Yeah, late, late, late 80s into early 90s, potentially. I won a major open wheel championship. What other major open wheel championships would have been around in the late 80s? It would have been your sort of IndyCar, Champ Car, whatever the fuck it was calling itself. Mm. Um, There would have still been some form of world endurance championship, I think. Is that Clown as counted as an open wheel championship I think we were sort of were your prototypes open wheel back then no they've always been they've always been closed yeah okay um yes not to uh, skip on this guess and carry on the clues do get a bit easier although we've just mentioned four world champions <laughs> four Yes, this person's a world champion. They were replaced by a world champion. Their F1 teammate is a world champion. And they were replaced in F1 by a future world champion? Yes. Fucking hell. Have I remembered that and not actually known who the fuck this is? So should we think about who the future world champion would have been? Would it have been Damon Hill? Damon Hill didn't... Damon Hill was 30... Yeah, he's about the right age. Uh, he replaced uh, Giovanna Amati, I think, at Brabham. Not a world champion. No, I don't think she was. No, I was thinking more about would Damon Hill have been coming in in the sort of early nineties? Would he have been? Who did who who did Damon Hill replace? Uh, it, when he when he got his full time race seat, he replaced Nigel Mansell. Ah, that's where I've probably got the Mansell whiff from then. And and his replacement was Heinz Harold Frensen. Not a champion. But drove a hearse. C- can you be a world champion at that? Is that an open wheel thing? No, but, probably not. But no, no his his car <laughs> his car, his road car was a hearse. Okay. So plenty of luggage space. <laughs> there wasn't much indie car sort of Formula One crossover. Back then, either a lot of it was in the seventies, mm. and it wasn't sort of the, in the nineties. Really, you only had Mansell going to IndyCar, and then Jacques Villeneuve coming from IndyCar. I don't think we really had anyone else doing. Oh, Zanardi as well, mm. of course, Alex Zanardi. But Zanardi, Zanardi, would, would it be Alex Zanardi? Would he be around the right age? He'd be a bit old. Was he? Is, is he? He's older than 60, isn't he? 
Do you know what? I don't know, actually. Alex Zanardi did win IndyCar, but I don't think that was before he was in Formula One. Could do with a guess. I think he was in... We're yeah, getting I'm there. Gonna, I, I, think, I think Alex Zanardi's a good second guess before we go for our last round of clues, because Zanardi was... In Formula One, mm. left Formula One to go to America, mm-hmm. won IndyCar, came back to Formula One, left Formula One, went back to America, had his terrible accident, mm-hmm. um, and has and has continued in many sports since then and become world champion in, in, in fit. I think he's become a world champion paracyclist, something yeah. along those lines. Olympic champion. Um, Olympic champion, absolutely. So, Alex Zanardi's a good second guess, I think. But I don't know if he's the right age. Yeah, I think it's a it's a reasonable shout. Okay. Three clues to go. I earned a reputation for terrible luck at the biggest race of the year. And this is hereditary. Hereditary? I mean, the Andrettis have terrible, terrible luck at the Indy 500. As... Well, the Fittipaldis are the only other, only only the family I would know who who have crossed over Formula One and IndyCar. Uh, Did Nelson Piquet ever do IndyCar? I don't know, but it wouldn't have been hereditary for him, would it? Because he, he, I don't think his, I think he was the first driver, wasn't he? And then obviously his his son, but doesn't necessarily need him. to be doesn't necessarily need to be the Indy Five Hundred. I was just throwing that in there to tie in with my Andretti theory, but could yeah, be like Monaco. Yeah. I'm just thinking with it being hereditary, it's got to mm. be somebody who's who's been who's there. had a child. So it's the Fittipaldi's or the Andretti's, isn't it? Really mm. for for us, or is are we still thinking of a of a manufacturer who has usual terrible luck at um. I feel like the, the the teammate and the replaced by future world champion is pointing us towards a human. Maybe. Still got a couple of clues. Uh, I, curr- I, curr- on, I currently employ two ex-Formula One drivers. Uh, is, um, who drives for Andretti in IndyCar? I don't know because I don't yes. follow it closely enough. I don't follow it closely enough to know who is in what team. Fine. Move on. Next clue. <laughs> uh, my racing colour is silver. So you're German. A spaffer is available. I do not have an answer at this point. Wait a second. Oh, Wait a second. Oh, hello. Wait a second. Born in 1962. Yes. Yes. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where were you heading with that? I was thinking current Mercedes team. But even Michael Schumacher is 1969, I think. Mm-hmm. That makes him too old. Too young, sorry. Um, uh, do we need, I think we need a spaffer, don't we, for, for a final guess? 
Okay, the Spaffer. My father, uncle, brother, son and nephew form one of the most famous racing families in the world. My father, uncle, brother, son and nephew. It's too tempting to say Andretti because it's it's going to be too easy. <laughs> it can't be... Uh, it's Michael, isn't it? Michael Andretti. There is a Michael Andretti. I don't know if it's this one. I get very lost with the Andretti family tree. Michael, I believe, is Mario's son. I might have got that wrong. I don't know. I think there is <laughs> currently a Michael, but I think it's a it's possibly a grandson. I think it's too obvious to say Michael Michael Andretti, but that's that's what I want to say. Um, I also am trying to think my way through the Fittipaldi family tree, which is ridiculous, more ridiculous than the Andrettis. <laughs> yeah, because you've got you've got uncles who are younger than their nephews in that one. It's a very confusing tree. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and that would make it Christian Fittipaldi. No. He's not a champion. No, 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 no. He's also not a champion. It's got to be Michael Andretti. Can I, I ha- can't think of anyone else. Can I have your final guess, please? I have nothing better to offer than Michael Andretti. No, me neither. I am Michael Andretti. Yay. Yes, I'll do. (laughs) Just to explain some of them, uh, the flying starts the Formula One career, uh, had an airborne crash in his first race in Brazil and finished on a high with a podium in his final race at Monza. Um, He was teammate... was replaced. He was teammates with his dad in IndyCar. Um, And after he left, Mansell took his seat when he left F1, uh, when he left to join McLaren F1 and uh, partner up with Ayrton Senna and was then replaced by Mika Hakkinen. Um, the Indy 500, the Andretti curse. Uh, the two form- former F1 drivers that he currently employs are Roman Grosjean and Alex Rossi. Oh, yes, they hate each other. Mm. And my racing colour is silver. He always had a silver helmet. Okay. Oh, okay. And obviously, father, uncle, brother, son, nephew, Mario, Jeff, Marco. There's one with a name that doesn't begin with M, and I can't remember what it is. Probably uh, Gary. Jeff doesn't start with an M. <laughs> um, unless, his name is, unless his name is one of those American football style names. Majeff. M- Majeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, yeah, you uh, you got there in the end. Uh, thank you, thank you again, Michael, for um, for those. Uh, for those clues for the uh, Can't Call It a Turtle Shunt, because it's a uh, who the bloody hell's that then? Um, I'm very sorry I'm rubbish at American drivers and American motorsports in general. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, um, drop us a line, threelegsportwheels at gmail.com or at threelegsportwheels on all the socials or go to our website and uh, there's a link Ooh. to Discord on there if you... Uh, fancy uh, fancy joining with all the chat on there and all the gaming. We're all at, we're all at PGA Golf at the minute. Right. Well, that's a good, uh, good, good choice. Yeah, I P- like golf games. PGA Two K Twenty One. It's um, is that, it good? It is actually, and it's on sale on Steam good. at the minute. So uh, amazing! You don't you don't need a massively spec PC for it. Can I can I read you out Michael Andretti's thirteen Formula One results? Yes. 
retired, 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 fifth, eighth, fourteenth, sixth, retired, 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 eighth, third. (laughs) (laughs) You can see why they gave Hacken and the job in the end. It wasn't a mistake, was it? No, not really. Um, if you want to get in touch with us individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper, at Flood Twenty One, at Pablo One Hundred, and Lee is at a Total Shunt. Um, we will be back next week. We're going to be recording the podcast pretty much straight after the race on Sunday, so don't have a go at us for any Monday or Tuesday news next week. And um, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. We will. Bye bye. Bye.